are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you for rocking with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. We've got some football awards to continue giving out and celebrating our guys over the wake. Carolina game over the weekend. It's always an exciting time when we get to celebrate big wins. The NCAA tournament for the men's basketball season is going to be a little different this year. Let's talk about the updates that we have so far. Finally, we've got NBA draft coming up tomorrow. So let's get a better insight on Cole Anthony and just what the draft means for the Tar Heels in the history of Carolina basketball. How good are we? Okay, so jumping right into it. Let's go. Here we are. UNC players of the game. Yesterday, I told you guys my predictions of who I thought was going to be the players of the game. Mac didn't have his usual Mac Mondays because we're in a bye week. So he gets some time off, doesn't have to talk to the media. However, there are still players of the game, right? So I predicted that Sam Howell, Chad and the entire special teams were going to get some loving for the day. And lo and behold, would you know, your girl is halfway smart when it comes to this football thing. Sam Howell and Chad Surratt were players of the game, but we saw Kieran Johnson, who also goes by Q, the center for Saturday's game, win offensive player of the game. He started for the injured Brian Anderson and actually was a former walk-on and used to be on the defensive line. So shout out to Q for getting things done on Saturday. And the special teams award wasn't the entire special team, even though I was biased, but I think they all did a great job. Obi Egbuna was the special teams off special teams player of the game. So shout out to those guys. But again, two out of four ain't bad. And honestly, it really was right on the money. So I'm giving myself a personal pat on the back. But more importantly... We've got to talk about some ACC recognition. The conference gives players of the week from around the conference. And, of course, we found some Tar Heels on that board, okay? Starting out at quarterback, obviously, Sam Howell, no one other than named ACC quarterback of the week for the second time in three weeks after completing 32 of 45 passes and setting single-game records for passing yards, 550, and touchdown passes, six on the day. As UNC beats, you know, Wake Forest in that 59-53 victory, rushed for 20 yards on the go-ahead touchdown and 4-11 left in the game to help us come back from 21 points down. Howell's 550 yards passing marks the third highest single game total in ACC history. (laughs) And his six touchdown passes ties the single game ACC record. And, you know, that's not no slouch, right? Because we know the ACC has produced some pretty incredible quarterbacks, right? And so it's just telling how Sam Howell is in some pretty elite company. And I also think 2020 is a crazy year, and normally we just all be talking about Trevor Lawrence once again. But, you know, shout out to Sam for leading his own path and, you know, trailing his own way and making sure that we all know his name, period. So when it comes time for him to leave, he is going to certainly have helped Carolina's football get back on some kind of map. And honestly, it just motivates, you know, the next gen coming from behind him. Yes, 
I don't even want to think about the day that Sam Howell has to leave, but he does, obviously. But what does that mean for Carolina recruiting standpoint? Guys are going to be the next Sam, and that just makes it better for us, and we just keep that ball rolling. Now, when it comes to running backs, Michael Carter got co-running back player of the week. He totaled 150 all-purpose yards and 74 rushing, 55 receiving, and 21 kick return yards on Saturday. Also scored a 46-yard receiving touchdown in earning his second ACC running back of the week accolade for the 2020 season. Surprisingly, he shared it with Christian Beal Smith from Wake Forest, getting also co-running back, totaled a game high of 120 rushing yards, and he certainly gave Carolina's defense quite the scare. It was his third game this season in 100-plus rushing yards. Oh, goodness. But thank, thank, thank be to God, right, that in – Carolina's defense was able to step up when it was all said and done, but Christian Beal and Kenneth Walker certainly gave us a scare there. Now, receiver, Daz Newsome, ACC Player of the Week when it comes to the wide receiver position. He finished with 10 receptions for a career-high 189 receiving yards and equaled a career-best two receiving touchdowns in the victory on Saturday. The touchdown scoring reception covered 75 and 44 yards. It was high time Daz had a game like this, right? We all have seen Deami step up. We've seen Joffrey step up. And, you know, Daz has flashes, good moments, you know, a little razz, but not a whole lot of Daz. So this was the game. I know, Kath, I don't late. That's fine. Get your good laugh in. <laughs> Daz was about time to have a big step-up performance, and it really came – you know, here on Saturday, and I'm just proud of him for, you know, making sure that he was mentally checked in, no little one-off mistakes when it comes to penalties or anything like that. Great game. So congrats to those guys, Daz, Michael, and Sam for yet another week of showing that Carolina football really is changing the tides over there in Chapel Hill. Now, I also have some schedule updates. The ACC announced some changes around the league that affect North Carolina's final two regular season football games. So following those updates, uh, Carolina's updated schedule December 5th will be at Western Carolina which we don't know the time or where the what TV uh, channel they'll be playing, but Miami has been moved to December 12th. So that was supposed to be, I believe, the ACC championship weekend, but they gave some fluff and room for growth there. So we'll have to be mindful and keep our eyes out where, when and where we'll play there because they also don't have a time or television station that Carolina game will there. But we all know we'll see that game coming up. But the Tar Heels have an open date. This weekend, it'll be continue to be the bye, which so glad. I, I don't even know if you can, like, on paper or, like, in fine print, tell a team, like, oh, you have a bye week and now you don't. I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming that you can't do that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's pretty tragic, right? So the Tar Heels have an open date this weekend and will host Notre Dame on Friday, November 27th at 3.30. Yesterday, I said Saturday, November 28th. My bad. I, I figure, you know, who doesn't play on Saturdays? But apparently, you know, right after Thanksgiving, we're going to have some turkey and some Tar Heels. So how about that? There you go. 3.30 in Chapel Hill on ABC. Um, I'm a, I can do a midweek, a midday game. I can't do a night game anymore. I'm I'm over that for the season. So if you're thinking December 12th Miami game is going to be a night game, I'm going to cry. Because we all know the history of Carolina-Miami night games. Just, no, right? <laughs> Stresses me out beyond levels that I can even 
even vocalize properly, but I'm cool with 3.30 game against Notre Dame. We'll have plenty of time to get ready for those guys. And we all know that'll be a challenge, right? It's going to be such a big hurdle for Carolina to overcome. If you look and follow the ACC players of the week or the PFF and all that good stuff, you know that Notre Dame's offensive line is nothing to joke about, (laughs) nothing to sniff at. They are arguably the best offensive line in the country. So just going up against our defense, who in the trenches has struggled mightily. And on the end, I don't want my my brain to process that fully yet. So I'm trying to just swoosh out and get through the enjoy. Enjoy the bye week, right? But that's that on that. So that's all the football news I have for you today. We've got to jump over to men's basketball because the NCAA Division One tournament is going to look different. You'll find out why on Locked on Tar Heels. Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked on Tar Heels podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts, five stars, reviews, all that good stuff. Now, the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Committee announced the relocation of 13 predetermined preliminary round sites for 2021 Men's Basketball Championships. It announced that it was in talks with the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis to hold the entire 2021 that's such a tongue twister. I hate that. <laughs> Division one men's basketball tournament around a metropolitan area in March and April. Now, Indianapolis was already scheduled to host the 2021 Final Four from April 3rd through 5th. Originally, the 13 predetermined sites were selected to host preliminary rounds, but we've learned so much from monitoring other successful sporting events, a.k.a. the bubble, and it became clear it's feasible, not feasible to manage the complex championship in so many different states with the challenges presented by the pandemic. So that's what we thought. So they started out originally saying 13 sites for relocation, and then it came down to, we're just going to have this whole thing in Indianapolis, which is fine. However, we are developing a solid plan present to present a safe, responsible, and fantastic March Madness tournament unlike any other we've experienced. That's according to Dan Gavitt, the NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball. Now, Chairman Mitch Barn- Barnhart in the Men's Basketball Committee emphasized the importance of conducting the championship in a manageable geographic area that limits travel, provides safe and controlled environment with competition and practice venues, a bubble, and medical resources for lodging for teams and officials within the proximity of one another. If it smells like a bubble, it tastes like a bubble, it's probably a bubble, and I just... Okay, fine. You have a bubble. We all knew that that was coming. We all knew that there was no way in hell they're not going to have an NCAA tournament. But if you're going to do all that, you need to pay the players because that's professional-like atmosphere. That's professional-like environment. Did they say anything in this statement? Did you hear one thing about their academics? Did you hear one thing 
about where they're going to have like tutorial sites and study buddies and can, you know, make sure they have top flight internet to ensure that these guys can be on their Zoom calls for when they have to have, you know, their study sessions. Did they say they're going to provide tutors or anything of that nature? Did you read that in one of those statements that I have you? And you can go to NCAA.com and read the updates. You can go to any basketball site and read anything that they're talking about. And yes, I get it. It's about sports. But if you're going to harp on the student part of that athlete's section, where is where is that? We are committed to ensuring that they have their in the proper educational setting and they have, you know, the confinedness of having 45, 68 teams all together and, you know, the Internet can't possibly go down for biology 101. Can never. No, of course not. But they're focused on that, right? They're focused on ensuring that these guys and girls are making sure that they're equipped and sound for their classes, correct? Because March, you're in school. April, you're in school, right? Am I am I confused? I mean, I get it's a different environment this year, but I'm pretty sure they ain't taking no breaks in March. There's no spring break action this year. They're giving you, like, especially Carolina, they're giving, like, five built-in days of like woosah I guess and kind of you know time to regroup and rebuild but it's not gonna be like a straight-up week of nothing because we all know that you can't leave children at their own devices so I'm actual confusion (laughs) as to why we're pretending that this is anything longer anything other than a glorified G League right but an amateur G League so, okay, cool. We're, we're just going to keep our, I mean, don't, let me know when y'all see that this is about academics as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So March 14th, the selection Sunday for the men's tournament will be there. March 16th, the first four part of the tournament begins. April 3rd, the men's final four will be in Indian. April 5th, the national championship will be there for the men's tournament. And I'll have more information of the women's tournament tomorrow about where they'll be and how that'll all work for them. So again, if you're creating a bubble, I have no problem with that. But also, you got to make sure all your ducks are in a row and all the fine print. You've got to say the right things. And if you're not telling me that these guys have academically sound people on board, on site to ensure that they're going to class and their tutors and all that, what have you, you're not being who you say on paper you're supposed to be. If you're not enriching their minds beyond just the basketball courts, you're not doing what you say. And what does that stipend look like if you're having all of them travel to bubbles and they can't do anything other than pretty much basketball? They can't have a break from, you know, the norm. They have to be confined in these sections for, you know, how long, however long it is, March 16th or, yeah, March 16th up till final whatever. Are we going to just play it all in one swoop? Are we going to do round rob? Like, how are we doing this? Right. I'm, I'm interested to see how that all works. More importantly, if I can't take a moment off to like, just go, you know, throughout the week and all that good stuff to see my family, go home, travel. I get this year is different, but at the same time, if you're going to force them to be in a bubble like atmosphere, like we saw with Paul George, it takes a mental toll and it takes a mental toll. on Somebody's making millions of dollars. Can you imagine the toll it'll take on guys who are doing this for free? Can you imagine what it'll do for these women who don't have any sort of access to freedom beyond the team dinners and, you know, the, the stretching and the what have you? Like, what, what are we are taking them to the movie? Like, what are we doing to ensure that these kids have mental well-being? Like, are you saying that a part of your uh, NCAA, are you making sure that you have mental health and wellness people there on site to get these kids through this tough, tough go? Because Indianapolis... It's going to be freezing in March. I don't care. It's going to be snowing. (laughs) 
Like, and we all know for, well, I know for me, cold weather does not exactly bring out the best endorphins. So what are we going to do to ensure that these guys are good and ready to go? Like, I get it. It should be all about basketball, but you can't harp and preach that it's one thing and then said do another. And I understand you have to have a tournament because billions of dollars was lost last year. And it's just not feasible to not have any tournaments. I get it. You can't not recoup money. I understand. But at the end of the day, they're students, they're kids. And so I really would love if it was high time that some of the adults in the room in the atmosphere would step up on their behalf. So that's my soapbox. I'm sticking to it. I will die on this hill. I do not care. I am always going to advocate for the athlete first. And that's my three cents on that. Now, speaking of athletes, let's talk about Cole Anthony. Where is he going to end up when it comes to this NBA draft, when it's all said and done? I'm pretty sure you guys are watching. You have your Woj notifications on, your Sham Shams notifications on. You're watching everything that's going on. Let's talk about all of this next on Locked on Tar Heels. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go gives me the kick to keep me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on my stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, we've reached Priceless Gym segment of the day, which is always my favorite time. If you've listening this long, I appreciate you. You know, you could have gone anywhere, but you decided to stick it out. Thug it out with me through these last 10 minutes of today's episode. Now, UNC has had 116 players drafted in the NBA, most in the ACC. 52 first-round picks tied for most in NBA draft history and 18 lottery picks, 12 under coach Roy Williams. Head coach Roy Williams has had 32 first-round draft picks, 21 at UNC, and coach Williams has generated his players, NBA players have generated over 100, mm, let me say that again because that was a lie. They have generated over $1.2 billion when it comes to signing contracts and all that good stuff. And I I don't even know if they added together endorsements or, you know, what have you, but that's the number that UNC basketball decided to spew out on their socials. So that's what we'll go with. Now, that's nothing to shy away from. And when you talk about history and the richness and the culture of Carolina hoops, obviously Carolina is bar none, especially in the ACC when it comes to taking guys to the next league, next, yeah, the next league. But what will that look like for Cole Anthony? Cole Anthony, who was a one and dunner, played his freshman year, ended up 14 and 19 season, had a tough go, had some injuries going on, but showed flashes of goodness. Cole Anthony will hopefully be one of the next players from UNC to add to the NBA draft history books. At UNC, Cole averaged 18.5 points per game, five 
rebounds, and four assists, and he was an all-ACC team selection. He recorded a freshman high 34 points in Tar Heel history in one game. The talent is there, apparently, for Anthony. A lot of people feel good about, you know, what he can do and what he's capable of, but a lot of, you know, talk has been around his inconsistencies and questions about if he can actually make teams better, which, again, Listen, we all know at the end of the day, these guys are no chumps and everyone's elite. But what can it do to make your team better, especially when you don't exactly have just God-given Greek-like, you know, talent out the gate? It's going to take a lot of convincing nowadays. And it's unfortunate because we've walked away from letting guys develop and spending the time to actually see guys turn a corner and maybe grow into their roles and maybe grow into being 18, 19, 20. And hey, grown man strength is real. So we look at LeBron James, who's 36 years old, who's been doing this since 16, you know, being a dominant figure in the NBA world or having that conversation about him at least. And so giving guys time to develop and grow is something that I think in NBA should certainly work on and I know they're trying to improve the G League what have you but when you got guys like Cole who you know to me should have come back for another year because what would it have hurt right especially if you're going to have this ISO kind of basketball environment for this year I think this would have been better atmosphere for him I think this would have been a better time for him to develop his game and really be in a position to be on a team that was growing and developing and now you have kind of you understand each other <laughs> a lot better you have a year of Armando Baycott growing up a bit and guys who are seniors who are a lot more consistent than the ones before I think we would have made for a better team but hey here we are so here Cole is having to convince these GMs that he is going to be more consistent he can make teams better he can't he won't turn the ball over against elite defenders which as we know the NBA is full of guys who are going to make you turn that ball over if you don't know what the hell you're doing so inconsistency with his shooting at the three ball if you you got it you got to figure out what what is your thing and I think we I don't know if you guys listen to podcasts like on a regular basis, but if you're exploring some different ones, there's this one podcast, I can't remember the name say life me, but they were talking to some G League guys and they had uh what is his name? Oh my goodness, that's going to give me a brain stir. Oh, Alex Caruso. There it is. Alex Caruso on the podcast and he was talking about his development from the G League to, you know, the pros, winning the championship with the Lakers, what have you, and knowing your role and playing it well and developing your job and whatever you do doing that well and I think that even if you are a lottery pick even if you are a first round like even if you are all of those things I think it still is a something people sleep on is not being an, a master at a skill or like you know developing a talent in certain areas to where you're not like unless you're going to be a Kevin Durant out here where you can dominate like every facet of the ball and I still think you struggle with defense but that's neither here nor there unless you're gonna be a Kawhi Leonard unless you're gonna be a LeBron James which is like you know top tier and then it falls off (laughs) right I think everyone should work on if I'm giving pro tips out here what is your dominant skill? And I think Cole Anthony is still finding that, you know, still, if, are you going to be the floor general? Are you going to give me Kendall Marshall vibes? Are you going to give me Ty Lawson of the world? Are you going to be fast as hell? Are you going, you know, what are you going to do to make you elite, elite and stand out? Cause you dominate this one part of your game. I know we talk crap about Danny Green, but he was out of the league for a minute, came back because he learned that he had to be a damn good shooter. 
damn good spot shooter. He he realized that in order to stay in this league for as long as he has, he had to be a damn good committed spot shooter. And that's what he, and for the most part, we're not going to talk about last year because bubble, everybody's going through some mental blah, blah, blah. But let's keep it a buck. You have to learn how to be great at something in this game nowadays. And so I'm hoping that as Cole grows and he gets older and he's allowed to mature, figure out his body, get a little more muscle on him, he grows into a role that he figures out his position, he does it well, and he has a long long career because that's just what you'll have to have these days. If anybody wants to be a journeyman throughout this NBA lifestyle, you got to figure out what's your thing. So I personally would love to know where you guys think Cole could grow and develop in what areas. More importantly, what skill is he going to have to perfect, right? Where do you think, where do you predict Cole will go in this draft? Do you think he's, obviously I don't think he's going to go as high as people once predicted, of him but where could he potentially go um when it's all said and done so that'll be on wednesday night at 8 p.m again we'll talk more nba as the day goes through we're gearing up for exciting times we'll talk about some nba news because as you know there's been some serious uh switcheroos trades all that good stuff going around so where is your favorite player you know former acc carolina where are some of these guys going and what will that mean for the shift and all that good stuff? We'll talk about that tomorrow. So join me again, Locked on Tar Heels every single day and dropping episodes in the morning so you can guys have the entire day. Just go click on your podcast, get that notification because you download, subscribed, and you'll be good to go, right? So stay safe out there. I hope you guys have a great Tuesday. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.